Hello, my fellow impact-driven woman. You are tuned in to Juicy Business Radio. This sweet podcast is dripping with all things aligned business strategy. We're talking about making change in your area of passion by getting deeply in tune with who you are as an entrepreneur and how to translate that into strategy that gets you to your version of success. Let's dive in. What's up, pineapples? Today I'm talking about simplified content strategy, but I want to take a little bit of a step away from the like strategy piece of it. I have been talking about the strategy and foundation behind a content strategy. Number one, I talked about what is a content strategy and how you can use it for your business. And then I talked really about how to use content to build a sales funnel. So how to strategically create content that naturally moves people closer and closer to making a purchase decision with you because that's what you want, right? And that's what content is. At the end of the day, any content that you create is about building a relationship with your audience in order to push them naturally towards making a purchase decision with you. And yesterday, what I talked about was how that content actually lives in a funnel and the three stages of the buyer's journey that your people are going to go to, your leads are going to go through before they make a purchase decision. So the first thing that I really want to talk about is (laughs) vulnerability. And the reason I'm bringing this up is actually because it's one of the hardest things that people struggle with. You see all of the time, be more authentic, be raw, be vulnerable, share your story, right? And there's people out there who are doing it really well. And you see them because they've got a ton of visibility. They've got a really engaged social media following. And you try to do it for yourself. But the number one reason that a lot of people feel resistance when it comes to being raw or being vulnerable is because it feels really icky for them. It feels really icky to like share, share too much of their story. They feel like they're oversharing and that it's unprofessional and it feels really gross, right? So I want to talk today about how you can show up, share your story, be vulnerable, and still stay within your integrity so that you don't feel gross and you don't feel icky, but you're resonating with your audience. So That's what the line is, right? That's the line of oversharing is. So oversharing, right? We hear the concept of oversharing all of the time and we all know what it looks like to create, to overshare, right? There is a concept that if we are getting too raw and too vulnerable in our content, then we're going to cross this line of oversharing. But I want to talk about what that line actually is. So that line of oversharing is when you step outside the boundaries of your integrity and therefore harm somebody else or share somebody else's story that isn't your own to share. And that's when it feels really gross, right? So oversharing is not being polarizing. We all know that it's important, right? Or if you don't know, I'm telling you now, it's important to be polarizing in your content. It's important to share your opinion 
because you are going to make sure that you are only drawing in people who are actually resonating with who you are, your message, how you're going to help them, and you don't want to be working with people who don't who don't resonate with you, right? You're going to end up with clients that don't make you feel good. You're not going to make them feel good. And people are going to consume your content before they ever work with you. And that is how you show them who you are before they ever buy into one of your programs or whatever it is that you sell, right? So you have to show up in a way that is super authentic and opinionated and polarizing. And so part of being polarizing is being honest, right? That is what being polarizing is. It's showing up really honest. It's showing up really authentic. It's sharing what your opinion is. And there are gonna be people who are not attracted to that. The reality is you are not meant for everyone. Your message is not meant to be heard by everyone. The people who are going to be your dream clients are the people who are gonna resonate with who you really are, how you've decided to run your business, how you're gonna help them on your back end, and what your opinion is, right? The reality is you are allowed to share your truth in a way that isn't gonna harm other people and in a way that is within your boundaries of your integrity. I'm gonna share a personal example around this and I'm sure that some of you can resonate. Sometimes you are gonna trigger people. I wanna, I wanna let you know that triggering people is not oversharing, okay? Those two things are very, very different. Triggering someone is not the same as oversharing. So a lot of times we think like, if we're triggering someone, I must be oversharing. No, <laughs> triggering someone means you're being polarizing in your content, which is super, super important for narrowing down your niche market and making sure that you are only attracting dream clients that want to work with you and actually like you for who you truly are. So I wrote a post recently that triggered someone that I know intimately that isn't even necessarily within, um, that isn't a lead, someone that is in my life, okay? And I'm gonna give an example of what oversharing is versus what is sharing your truth in a raw and authentic and vulnerable way while staying within your integrity because that's where that line is of oversharing. I wrote a post about how I got on a client call with um, one of my clients and she was going through an extremely difficult and emotional time. And in order to connect with her in that safe and confidential space of a coaching call, I shared one of the experiences that it is that I am going through right now and I'm in it, okay? I'm in it. It's something that not a lot of people in my life even know is going on that is really, really fresh, but it was necessary in that moment and I felt drawn and compelled in that moment to share my experience with my client within the confines of that confidentiality of that coaching call, right? And it worked. I mean, I was crying, but in that moment, she needed me. She needed me to show up as a human, and not as a robotic coach. She needed me to show up in my my human experience and help her understand that she wasn't alone. This post that I wrote said exactly what I just said. It said, your clients need you to be human. You need to show up. You need to be honest with them. You need to sometimes be be vulnerable with them. And I explained that I had just had a coaching call with one of my clients where I had done this. I had someone in my life make an assumption that I was talking about 
something that was going on with them. And this person sat down with me over coffee and said, I feel like you are capitalizing on the fact that we are going through this by writing a post about it. So I had triggered this person, right? And I had to have a really heartfelt conversation with them. I had to say, what about that post was oversharing for you? What about that post made you feel like I was violating your boundaries? And at the end of the day, there wasn't, right? That person was just triggered by my post because we were going through a personal experience and that person was triggered by my post because they made an assumption that I was talking about what we were going through. The post didn't actually say that. <laughs> the post was actually about how important it was. It was about a lesson learned and it didn't actually violate anybody's boundaries and it was simply about my truth in that moment. If you're triggering someone and they're not attracted to your message, whether they're family or whether they're somebody in your audience, it means they're not meant to work with you. But also, it is okay to talk about the experiences that you are having in your life and stay in your integrity without violating other people's boundaries. That is completely within your realm of possibilities. I hope me sharing my personal experience gave you an idea of the type of conversations that you can have with the people who are your family and your friends in order to come from this really heart-centered place and help them understand that you are doing your job. You are doing what you have set out to do. You are doing your passion. You are doing your mission. And your audience needs you to show up authentically and to share your truth while staying in integrity and while not violating other people's boundaries. And of course, of course, there are ways that you can violate people's boundaries. If you showed up on a post and you were like, this person is such a bee. Can you believe they said this to me? It was so rude, like blah, blah, blah. Can you believe, right? If you're harming people in your posts, if you're calling out people in your posts, if you're being really negative in your posts, you are violating their boundaries and you are violating your own boundaries because that's not going to feel good for you in the long run either, right? That's not going to be from a place of integrity. But you can, you can actually share your truth from your own perspective without doing any of those things. So I use again my example of this post that I wrote that was simply about how I had showed up in a really raw and vulnerable way for my client by sharing a personal experience that I was going through and how often as coaches that is something that is much needed from our clients in the confidentiality of our coaching sessions in order for them to feel fully supported and not alone. It had absolutely nothing to do with the actual situation that I talked about on the call, right? Had nothing to do with that. And I didn't even reference it in the post. And the person who sat down with me and was triggered made an assumption, right? Because I didn't actually violate their boundaries within that post. They were simply making an assumption. And so therefore, the conversation that I was able to have with them was, I understand how you're feeling. Please tell me what about this? What about this post actually made you feel like I was violating your boundaries? And when we had a really heartfelt conversation about it, th that person was able to come to an understanding that I had not actually shared anything that was out of integrity. I hadn't violated their boundaries and that they were triggered by it simply because of an emotional fear response that had absolutely nothing to do with the content that was in the post. And that's okay, right? 
So going back to what I was saying in the beginning, it's important to be pol polarizing, which is what vulnerability and what being raw and real is all about. It's about being polarizing and it's okay. It's okay to trigger people, but you can do so in a way that doesn't violate boundaries and doesn't take you out of your integrity. And that is what the line is of oversharing, right? Oversharing is a violation of boundaries. Oversharing is stepping out of your integrity and saying something that doesn't feel good for you and harms somebody else. That is where the line of oversharing is, okay? So I want to talk about short-term visibility and I want to talk about long-term visibility. So when it comes to picking social media platforms, do not pick that stuff out of a hat, okay? At the end of the day, all that content strategy is, is building relationships with your target audience in order to move them closer and closer to a purchase decision of working with you, whether it's your products or your services, right? The place that your content strategy is gonna come from and where you're gonna choose to share your content, so whether you're picking Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or writing a blog, whatever it is, you are going to be choosing based on how your target audience consumes content. There are different types of people that hang out on different social media platforms, and you need to do your market research to figure out where your ideal audience and where your target market is hanging out. And that's the social media platforms that you're gonna to wanna to choose. There's also a really big difference between a short-term strategy and a long-term strategy. So your short-term strategy is gonna include things like writing social media posts every day with really strong calls to action, hopping on live streams and selling and promoting your products and your services, and increasing your visibility on the platforms where your target market is hanging out. Your long-term strategy is gonna include things like blogs. So what a blog actually does is it gives you content, which is great, to share on social media so it can be part of your short-term strategy, but it also has a long-term end game of helping, helping you rank in search engines. All that Pinterest is and all that YouTube is are search engines. They're just like Google. People go in and they're searching for topic specific relevant content. So Pinterest in and of itself and YouTube in and of itself are search engines. They are part of your long-term end game. They're a part of driving traffic back to your website. Same thing with a blog. What you're doing is you're search engine optimizing your website in order to rank higher and show up more often when people are searching for topic relevant things on the internet. So rather than you getting in front of your audience somewhere like social media, like Facebook or Instagram and saying like, hey, click this link, hey, click this link, hey, click this link. Someone is coming onto the internet randomly and saying, I'm looking for information on how to bake a perfect gluten-free avocado cake, and they're Googling it, and then your blog post with the recipe is gonna come up, right? So what having a blog does is help you show up in more places to drive traffic in a different and unique way. And search engines, the reason that Google is so popular is because their algorithm is focused on putting the most relevant, high-value, information-rich content in front of their audience, right? So you, as a user of Google, when you go on, you trust it that when you search something, something really relevant is gonna show up for you, right? So your goal as someone who wants to show up in search engines like Google, like um, 
Pinterest like YouTube is to provide as high value content as possible. And one thing that I heard somebody say the other day that I think is so important is if Facebook and Instagram were gone tomorrow, would you still have a business? And it's really important to think about that, right? That is what that long-term end game is. That is what using platforms like Pinterest, YouTube, and blogs are all about is creating traffic in another way rather than this constant showing up and telling people, click this link, engage with me, click this link. That is less sustainable. It's still something you can do in a sustainable way. However, you want to have that other avenue of pushing traffic to your website through search engines. That is what Pinterest, YouTube, and blogs are all about. Okay. The other question I had is, Allison said, I have a bunch of content that seems off-brand, feels off-brand, but it isn't. So why my first question would be, what about that content feels off-brand to you? I had a conversation with Allison recently, so I know a little bit more about this particular situation. And basically what she was saying is that she has a lot of content that is focused around self-awareness, and she doesn't really understand where that fits in with her end goal. The content feels really good and she likes it and it totally like is her and it is her voice, but she doesn't really understand where it's fitting in to the big picture. So if you have a situation like this where like you have content that you want to create, but you're like, I don't really understand like what the point of this content is. What I really encourage you to do is to think about your buyer's journey, right? All it is is three stages and we all go through it when we make a purchase decision. Your clients all go through it when they make a purchase decision. It's awareness, consideration, and decision. The awareness phase is I know I have a problem and so I want to get a fix. The consideration stage is okay, I've found multiple solutions to my problem. Is my problem big enough that I need to buy a solution? And what are, and these are the solutions that I have on offer. And then the third phase is decision. So I now know exactly what my solutions are. I know that I need a solution and it is important enough to me and there's enough urgency that I'm gonna buy, which is the best and how can I, how can I do it? How can I get the offer, whatever it is, right? Your content needs to live somewhere in that journey. So awareness is, of course, empathizing with the frustration, knowing what is going on, really expressing that you get it and letting them know, but hey, just so you know, there is a solution. Here it is. See, check it out. This is that dream solution that it is that you're looking for. Yes, it does exist, right? The consideration phase is this is what that transformation would look like. This is how it would happen. This is how my products and services would give you transformation, right? You're not selling your products or your services. You're selling what it is that they can provide in terms of a bridge between your client's frustration and your client's dream solution. Your decision phase, that is where they have decided like, yes, I need to buy something. Why should I buy from you? So this is your results oriented content. This is things like, here's a case study. Here's the results that I've got. Here's my own personal transformation. Here, prove, prove, right? That proof, right? So that you can see the type of content and how it will fit into those different three stages. All of your content should live there. And if you can't make a connection with a piece of content to where it would fit in, 
There probably is one, but sometimes there's not, and it's not content that you should be creating. So you always want to be creating content from this place of like, where would this live? And a lot of times we even struggle to come up with topics for our content. We're like, what should I talk about right now? One of the easiest ways to come up with topics is to break down your buyer's journey and figure out what questions your leads are asking in each of those phases of their buyer's journey, and then your content should answer their questions. That is the easiest way to come up with topics. It's something that I help my clients do. I break this buyer's journey down into the three phases and we do market research to figure out what questions people are asking in each of these three phases of the buyer's journey. And then we use that to create their content strategy by answering those people's questions. Super simple. Okay. So Kindy asked, how does content differ for different businesses? So Kindy has an Etsy store, a coaching business, and a book that she's launching. So she's basically asking me, should it vary? Should my content vary for each of these three different things? And my big ass answer to that is yes, <laughs> definitely your content should differ. And the answer to that is inherently in the conversation that I was just having answering that last question. Your buyer's journey is going to be completely different for someone who is purchasing a physical product from an Etsy shop versus someone who is looking for coaching and a mentorship. Those are two very, very different buyer's journey. The questions that they're going to have are going to be completely different for each of those three phases based on that end goal of what it is that they're looking for in terms of a solution, right? Someone who's, you know, looking to buy, I don't know what she sells on her Etsy store, but let's say embroidery. Someone who's looking to buy embroidery is going to have a very different mentality than someone who is looking to find a coach to help them grow their business, right? So the content that you're creating to fit into that buyer's journey for those two people is going to be extremely, extremely different. I help people do is build the foundations in order to create this content strategy and then we take it one step further and we break it down into their buyer's journey and then we start to create their funnels with their content based on the offers that we created, the market research that we did, and everything that they are bringing to the table in terms of their own unique attributes and how we can ignite them in their brand. We feed all of that into their content to make them stand out and get a lot of visibility in their industry with their niche audience. I love you all so much for being here and for joining me on this episode. If you're really enjoying the podcast, please go ahead and leave a review as well as hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the latest juicy business episodes.